Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 13 of The City at World's End by Edmund Hamilton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The City at World's End. Chapter 13. Embattled City. With a sinking heart, Keniston stared at Hubble and listened to the sharpening voice of the city. Carol spoke, and the words reached him from a long way off. "'Never mind me, Ken. I'll get home all right.' "'Yes,' he said. "'I'm afraid we've got to get hold of the mayor right away. Stay in off the streets, Carol.' He kissed her swiftly on the cheek, and she turned away, walking fast. Keniston hesitated, feeling that he ought to go with her but Hubble had already started on, and there was no time for punctilio. After all, there was no danger, not yet. He caught up with Hubble. People streamed past them, going the other way toward the portal. Frightened, belligerent people, their eyes a little too bright, their voices too loud. Keniston and Hubble were almost running, but even so, it took them some minutes to reach the plaza in front of City Hall. As they crossed it, Jeeps loaded with National Guardsmen pulled away from the government building and went tearing off down the boulevard. The men were wrapped to the eyes in heavy clothing, and Hubble groaned. "'They're going outside. Now what the devil has that idiot done?' They raced up the steps and into the building. In the council chamber they found the mayor with Borchard and Moretti and most of the councilmen. Garris strode up and down, his face mottled his eyes glittering with the courage born of fear. He turned to Keniston and Hubble as they came in, and there was a curious blankness in his look, an absence of reason that made Keniston lose what little hope he had. "'So they're going to try to rush us away from Earth,' said Garris. "'Well, we'll see. We'll see how far they're going to get with that.' His voice shook. His pudgy hands were clenched. I've called up all units of the National Guard. And did you see those jeeps? They're on their way to Old Middletown to bring the field guns from the armory. Guns, Hubble, guns! That's the only way to show them they can't order us around." "'You fool,' said Hubble. "'Oh, you fool!' It was too late in the day to call the mayor a fool, and Hubble found it out. Borchard snarled at him. He's acting with our complete approval. Listen, Mr. Hubble, you stick to your science, and we'll handle the government." "'That's right,' said Moretti. He said it two or three times, and the remaining council members backed him up. Hubble faced him. "'Listen to me,' he said. "'You're all scared so blind you can't see what's in front of you. Guns! All the guns we've got won't make a pop like a toy pistol compared to what they can bring against us if they want to. These people have conquered the stars. Can't you understand that? They can conquer us with no more than that ray they've got on the ship, and violence would only anger them into doing it." 
Garrus thrust his face close to Hubble's. "'You're afraid of them,' he said. "'Well, we're not. We'll fight.' The Council cheered. "'All right,' said Hubble. "'Go ahead. There's no use arguing with idiots. The only chance we had of beating this thing was to behave like civilized men. They might have listened to us then, and respected our feelings. But now—he made a gesture of negation, and the mayor snorted. "'Talk. A lot of good your talking did. No, sir. We'll handle this our way. And you can be thankful that your mayor and council haven't forgotten how to defend the rights of the people!' His voice rose almost to a shout to carry the last words to Hubble, who had walked out with Keniston close on his heels. Outside in the plaza, Keniston said abruptly, "'There's only one thing to do. Talk to Varn Allen. If she'd agree to call off her dogs for a while, things might simmer down.' He shook his head, making a wry face. "'I hate to admit to that blonde bureaucrat that we're governed by a bunch of half-witted children, but—' "'You can't really blame them.' said Hubble. We are like children, faced with the unknown, and since we can't run and hide, we have to fight. It's just that they're taking the wrong way." He sighed. "'You go out to the ship, Ken. Do what you can. I'm going back in and struggle with his honor. If I'm patient enough—oh, well, good luck.' He went back inside, and Keniston retraced his weary steps toward the portal. The crowd had doubled since he had last seen it. It pushed and swirled around the portal, spreading out on both sides along the wall of the dome. Out on the plain the lights of two ships gleamed, and the people watched them, a low murmur running through them like the first mutter of wind before a storm. The company of guardsmen in full kit had taken up their station in the portal, a barrier of olive drab picked out with the dull gleam of gun-barrels. Keniston went up to them. He nodded to some of the men he knew and said, "'I'm going out to the ships. Important conference,' and started through the line. And they stopped him. "'Mayor's orders,' the lieutenant said. "'Nobody goes outside. Yeah, I know who you are, Mr. Keniston, but I have my orders. Nobody goes outside.' "'Listen,' said Keniston, desperately manufacturing a lie. "'The mayor sent me. I'm on his business.' "'Bring me a written order,' said the lieutenant, "'and we'll talk about it some more.' The line of guns and stolid men remained unmoved. Keniston considered trying to crash it, and gave that up at once. The lieutenant was watching him suspiciously, so suspiciously that an uncomfortable thought occurred to Keniston. He spoke the language, and he had worked closely with the starfolk and the good people of Middletown might just possibly take him for a traitor or a spy. "'If the mayor sent you,' the lieutenant said, "'he'll give you an order.' Keniston went away, back to the city hall, and he spent the rest of the night cooling his heels with Hubble, outside the guarded door behind which the mayor, the council, and the ranking officers of the National Guard were drawing up a plan of campaign. Shortly after daybreak, an orderly came in hastily, and was admitted to the guarded room. Immediately the mayor, the council, and the officers came out. Garrus, haggard, heavy-eyed, but triumphant, 
caught sight of Keniston and said, "'Come along. We'll need you to interpret.' Feeling old and hopeless, Keniston rose and joined the little procession. Falling in beside him, Hubble leaned over and murmured, "'Talk fast, Ken. Your knowledge of the language is our one last ace in the hole.' They reached the portal at almost the same time as the party from the starships. Varn Allen and Lund were the only ones in the group that Keniston recognized. Of the others, one was a woman of mature years, and the remainder were men of varying ages. They stared, more in wonder than in apprehension, at the line of soldiers. Varn Allen frowned. The mayor marched up to her, as the line reformed to let him and his party through. A soiled, haggard little man, devoutly convinced of his own wisdom, and secure in the knowledge that his people were with him. His courage screwed up to the last trembling notch. He faced the strangers from the stars, and said to Keniston, "'Tell them this is our world, and we give the orders here. Tell them to get into their ships and go. Inform them that this is an ultimatum which we are prepared to enforce.' The crowd behind him roared approval. A faint uneasiness had appeared in the faces of the starfolk. That mob yell, the armed soldiers, and the attitude of the mayor must have roused a doubt in them. And yet Varn Allen spoke quite calmly to Keniston, hardly waiting for the mayor to finish. "'Will you please have way made for us?' She indicated the newcomers who were with her. These officials had a large staff of experts on mass migration. They will begin preliminary planning of the evacuation, and it is important that you cooperate." Keniston interrupted her. "'Listen,' he said. "'You take your officials and get back to your ships.' The crowd was beginning to move forward a little, pressing up against the line of soldiers. Individual shouts came out of it, ugly, threatening counterpoint to the growling undertone. The mayor shifted nervously from one foot to the other. "'Did you tell her?' he demanded. "'What's she saying? Did you tell her?' Keniston cried out, "'Go back to your ships, and quickly! Can't you see that mob's about to break loose?' Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.